You are listening to Astrology Today, coming to you live from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and Powell River, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Welcome to episode 38, and yay, I have a co-host, Joanne McGuy. Welcome back. Thank you. All righty. So, summertime, 2020, and bubbles. Who knew we would be putting summer and bubbles, except for maybe good champagne together, but apparently there are others. Um, masks, no masks. No clear picture of the road ahead, but... Mercury is about to station and there are a few of us that would really like to see the light at the end of the tunnel although I listened to a podcast by that wonderful pessimist I mean optimistic guy called Michael Moore and yeah yeah if you're enjoying the illusion of a quick vaccine fix in the future do not listen to that podcast Okay, so communications, though, starting tomorrow, actually, it's really late tonight, will, should improve. Anyway, okay, so just a reminder, in my episode number 24, I looked at past plagues with similar planetary combinations, and the histories tell us that they hang around for a few years. Yuck. All right. Yeah. So how's, how's isolation been for you? I love it. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Spoken like a true Scorpio rising person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not much different than my life. Being retired, you know, you can do whatever you want to anyways. True. Somewhat at home. Yeah. And uh, I'm quite enjoying my solitude. Ah, excellent. With my animals and my, my husband just one of these four animals. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> no, you didn't say that. All righty. <laughs> Do our governments or scientists, economists, etc. have any idea of how to navigate this terrain? I would say they are making it up on the fly, holding out the vaccine card as the light at the end of the tunnel. And then I listened to Michael Moore. Oh, well. Like the other 20th century pandemic AIDS, we do not have a vaccine for it yet. Mm. We all need to be looking for creative ways to move forward as if this plague is not going away anytime soon. Yeah, I think that's kind of, it behooves us all to figure out how we're going to make life work. Okay, but let's go on to some astrology. Yay! I have another anonymous chart. And, um, yeah, can you read off what the chart says? Like, uh, ascendant, etc. What are we? Ascendant in... Ascendant in... Oh, where... I can't read it, sorry. Oh, Uh, okay. Gemini, sorry. No, Taurus, (laughs) actually. Oh, it is in Taurus. Yeah. Oh, reading this instead of that yep. ascendant in taurus what else do you want to know okay uh, we have sun s- in pisces 20 degrees 28 degrees pisces moon in aquarius and what else do you want to know okay so there's venus in aquarius as well venus. mercury and mars in pisces mm-hmm. jupiter 
this is a day chart, so this will be the greater benefic, is in Scorpio, kind of an interesting place to put Jupiter. And Saturn is the only sort of visible planet below the horizon, and it is right on the MC at the bottom in Leo. Yeah. Okay, so here is the person's question. Uh, anonymous chart number three has been a caretaker in an apartment building for many years. She lived there with her husband until he passed away in approximately 2009 and she stayed. Anonymous has three grown children with families. Anonymous is wondering when is she likely to give up her caretaker position and move from the apartment. A second part of the question is around where is she likely to go? So she's thinking her options are go live with one of her children or some kind of a senior's home. Okay, the where am I going to move question is actually very common, okay? Astrologers get asked that all the time. Um, the reason for the move, of course, kind of shifts how you look at it. So if it's a career move, a marriage move, traveling, etc. So the focus varies. Major changes in life direction will always register on the angles of a chart. Yeah, always. And that's so that's your first, fourth, seventh, and tenth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oops. Let's see, I've already mixed up my pages. This is terrible. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, let me digress and explain what I mean by the angles for those who are still coming up to speed with astrology, which will probably be most people that are listening to this. But anyway, <laughs> so I put up a graphic on my uh, website for from episode number one that shows a visual of how we witness the rising, culminating and setting of planets from our perspective on Earth. Uh, the horizon line literally creates the first main division on the chart where this line intersects the ring of the tropical zodiac and it's marked as the first house and the seventh house and the first set of chart angles. Now where the sun reaches its zenith on the day you were born, okay, when it is as high as it could reach given the latitude of where you were born, which is only 90 degrees to the horizon line at certain times of the year and is limited by, okay, if anybody can remember their geography, the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn on a map. Okay, so if you need to know more about that, I'm sure Google can help you out. This division is marked through the center of the chart to intersect in a, um, a perpendicular line forming a cross and it represents the 10th and the 4th house. Now that cross is literally uh, on which we our lives play out. Uh, so the angles, when, a, when an astrologer says, you know, I got to see it happening on the angles, that's what they're referring to. And in my charts that I'm going to be putting up on my website, I will now include the um, the names and the positions for all four of them. So normally the Ascendant and the MC, which is first and tenth, are marked. But not always is the DS on there. And the DS just means the opposite to the Ascendant. It's the Descendant. And the IC is some strange Latin word that I can't pronounce, and the letters are IC. <laughs> Literally. Okay. 
doesn't it represent your roots? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If an astrologer is using a quadrant house system, this visual will usually slow show up as the angles looking like they are at actually 90 degrees to each other. Or sometimes with certain uh, chart printouts, um, you will actually see the true angle. And when we come to one of my examples today, which I'm not sure given I have a, someone with me, we may not get to it. But if you look at, um, if you just scroll over, if you're on my website to, um, yeah, to the charts I've put up, you will see that Prince William's MC is in the 12th house. Yeah. So can you imagine if you were using like Placidus or any of those other ones, the intercepted chart houses anyway yeah it would be a gong show so whole sign in certain scenarios makes way more sense mm -hmm. same with my i have a nephew um who was born in inuvik yeah and so his house cusps are just really? bananas yeah yeah you can't actually use them they're not yeah so why prince williams because london isn't that far north but anyway they are they're it's weird Is okay it because it's on the greenwich mean line though maybe uh, no, your it it depends on um, latitude, how far north and yeah. south you are. Because I, I know with my husband's chart, he was born in London, England, mm -hmm. and his houses in the Pla Platicus yeah, system Placidus. are somewhat huge. Yeah. Okay. You know? So yeah. So, so it's, it's I guess that's far enough. See, where most of us are born below fifty degrees, you know, except for Edmonton. Edmonton's quite a bit higher. Yeah, I Calgary, I think, is still 49, which is where I was born. Okay, if an astrologer is... No, we've already said that part. Move on. This phenomena can create yeah, a very large can of worms when the houses get sort of strange. Suffice it to say, I use equal house division, which shows the angles of chart in their true location on the tropical zodiac and wheel. Um, and, but I still look at the 10th as being directly overhead. In Hellenistic times, they were seen as pivot points, marking the change of the seasons and in human affairs, major changes in personal life. Okay, so let's go back to Anonymous and her question. So, when's she going to retire, um, basically? So I always start with looking at which cycle Saturn is in and to see if that is going to be the indicator that shows when it's time for her to move on from that career. But what I noticed is ah, her Saturn return is in the rear view mirror. So that one is not going to play out. Okay. So and I missed a part here, so I'm jumping around. Oh, anyway. Okay, so the question obviously centers on the fourth house of where we live, okay? And because it's also a career, the 10th house, if she moves in with someone, possibly the seventh, or maybe the fourth house from the fifth, which would be the eighth. So that little line is basically saying, your children show up in your fifth house. So then you make the fifth house the first house of your children, and then you count down to the fourth house, which would be where they live, 
and in her chart, that would be the eighth house. If I have lost many of you, not to worry. Because <laughs> even me, I have to pause and think about it. Okay. So with the Saturn return in the rearview mirror, what is going on? Okay, but before I do that, I must comment on her career choice because it is so beautifully reflected in her chart. So we have Moon, Venus in Aquarius conjunct together in the 10th by both old school astrology and new school astrology, her pick was classic. The moon can literally be seen as a desire to nurture slash take care of with Venus relationships in Aquarius groups of people that share a common denominator, which is the apartment building. Wow. In a Hellenistic chart style, the actual MC is in the ninth, indicating that her role as caretaker came with classic rules and structures, which I suspected she bent from time to time to meet real world people living in this apartment. Okay, her ascendant is Taurus, which is ruled by Venus, demonstrating the importance of the steersman in a chart and its ability to point out where a client's life will be focused. Yeah, like just amazing. She feels natural and at ease in this role, Venus and the moon, and in the sign of Aquarius, which is ruled by Saturn and Leo. So what does that bring? Well, her home is her work. Yeah, so just almost literal. Okay, this is a day chart making the malefic Saturn of the sect in favor and thus doable. Over time, she would get better and better at this job. But, okay, so, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, so back to timing. With Saturn return off the table, I wonder if she is approaching a book change from the zodiacal releasing point of view. And so I'm just going to pass over her zodiacal releasing sheet to Joanne so she can follow along. Okay, so um, her book order started, she started off with cancer and that went until 1971. Then it switched uh, to Leo from 71 to 1990. Virgo from 1990 to 2010. So it would have been during the Virgo book that her husband passed. Okay, in, and you would have you know, what first came to my mind when I saw that is you kind of going, hmm, but she stayed. Okay. And I think part of the reason is the degree of comfort she has in her job. You know, that moon is there and yeah. Okay. So from 2010, this is Libra now to March 6th of 2018, when she started the current book that she's in, which is Scorpio. And this one runs to 2032. So obviously, um, this question is not directly about a book change. Hmm. Okay, but we still have to find out what is propelling and when might that happen. Okay, one can easily speculate that giving up her job as a caretaker has been a recent question, so back to 2018, um, and also after her husband changed. So she's been asking this question a number of times. One indicator, so why is she hanging on? One indicator would be fixed signs on the angles. 
Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius. These signs are not particularly happy with change. <laughs> so let's look a little deeper into zodiacal releasing. And I'm just going to pause here. So how you have fixed angles. How are you with change? You are a Pisces too. Yeah, I change actually quite easy. Once, okay. once it's decided. Ah, so that you think. Like, yeah. It takes a while to decide it. Right. But once it's decided, I'm yeah. go. Okay. And she would mirror this as well because she's also a Pisces, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So with zodiacal releasing, we get a flow of books that starts, that looks like this. Okay. There is a start book, a peak period book, and a finish. Okay. Your part of fortune sign is the peak period marker and it creates the cycle. Okay, so in Anonymous's chart, her peak periods are cardinal signs. What that tells us is her entry into Scorpio represents a book that is all about finishing and completing. Okay, so that fits. Uh, I am getting that fixed heels dug in though, slow to change feeling. Yeah, but it needs to happen during this book. Okay, and obviously because it goes to... 2032 she would be an awfully old caretaker by then <laughs> okay so there are shorter pieces and i'm calling them chapters okay and so this is level two and again the formula works the same start peak period finish and so what is how does that stack up so she in her level two um, she is still in the 15-month Scorpio completion. No, pardon me. She completed that one in May of 2019. She then went into a 12-month period uh, starting on May uh, that will last until May the 24th of 2020. And that was a start. Things were supposed to be getting, you know, things that she could get started. So that might have been when she started thinking about gosh, how many more years am I going to do this? Um, and then she has just recently, May 24th, 2020, started a 27-month peak period. And what they say about peak periods is this is when you're doing stuff, when things happen, the moving and shaking moments in your life. So to get her done, get herself moved and out of this job in the next 27 months, hmm, I will put that as marker number one. Okay. Now, we do need to look at what are her peak periods like? Are they easy? Are they hard? And this is how this works. Okay. So, with the position of the ben benefic of the sect in favor, that will create an easy period chapter. Uh, with the benefic that's counter to sext, moderately easy. With the malefic, which is in the sect in favor, difficult but doable. But the malefic that is counter to the sect is hard. Okay, so let's apply this to Anonymous's chart. <laughs> I just, why I had to do that, I don't know. Anyway, um, mutable signs. Okay, Mars is located in Pisces. Makes starting hard. Yeah. Cardinal signs are her peak periods, and there's no planets affecting that. So it's... I'm saying neutral, but it basically means there's nothing going to get in the way, but there is not going to be any sort of extra help. 
finishing though are the fixed signs and that has Saturn Venus and Jupiter all play into this so easy with doable challenges and I suspect occasionally opportunities now um, we now have a picture that might say anonymous has a hard time getting things started but once started when life gets busy she can go with the flow and when it comes time to finish up she will have surmountable challenges and good to great opportunities okay now okay we can say that currently she is in one of those peak periods of activity okay so she can get her done um, and we got to think right she was on board when this pandemic hit um, and she's probably been able to rise to the occasion for now this peak period lasts until August of 2022 so one kind of wonders <laughs> if her chart is reflecting anything to do with the pandemic <laughs> in her sort of neighborhood literally anyway okay but this is only one piece um, and it would look like the finishing would start in August of 2022, right? By this second level chapter, okay? Now, time to look into the modern timing techniques of solar arcs. And again, I have a sheet of paper for, or at least I thought I'd, there it is. Okay, there you go. So on, she's looking at a triwheel, which has solar arcs, on the very outside secondary progressions in the mid or yeah the second ring and the inside is her natal chart okay so with those um they can also demarcate uh major changes and so we're going to look to see if uh what timing they're suggesting okay so moon venus are currently traversing this is solar arc so that's that outer ring um, are currently crossing over the first house cusp, which also means they're changing signs. The moon was first to cross over three years ago, and Venus, the steersman, will cross in two years. Ah, so we're having another two-year moment, which would be 2022. Ding, ding. <laughs> okay. We can see that on level two, she is in this peak period, but the finish starts in 2022 hmm these two do dovetail very interesting okay also on a solar arc her ascendant has come all the way down is changing signs and moved into leo and will conjoin saturn in about 18 months so again very close to that two year saturn in modern terms i see as glue it can stick things down, making it very difficult to change. This Saturn rules her 10th and MC, so if, it if, so if changes are not in the works by the time her solar arc ascendant gets to Saturn, the glue could cement this situation in place. Saturn is about choices that we make. In her case, the story slash drama, Leo, of making her home her work. A pattern is emerging. Okay, so what about the slow-moving outer planets, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, and Saturn by transit? Alrighty, what are they doing? So, Anonymous has Taurus rising. Guess who's there? Uranus. Okay, the guy who can create chaotic change. He 
went into her first house in 2018. Okay, so that was when that Scorpio chapter changed. Um, the same time, right, I'm just saying that again, yeah, that a new book started. Okay, Uranus can force change in unexpected ways. And things may already be changing in her work world slash apartment, obviously, with uh, the coronavirus, right? But the big hit will be when it hits her ascendant by degree. And that is May of 2024. Okay, so, so far we've got 2022 as kind of a pivotal moment. And now Uranus is saying that in two years after that, there's going to be another pivotal moment. Hmm, something to keep in mind. Okay, um, this could be a time when she completely changes her way of being in the world, whether she wants to or not. This sounds very loudly to me to make your changes well before Uranus gets there. Otherwise, it would be a gong show. Okay. Now, next up, we look at Neptune. Oh, you wonderful Pisces people who are having Neptune. Okay. Um, so Neptune has finished off with her Mercury and Mars, and it will get to her son in 2024 as well. Ah, so we have two of these pieces coming together in 2024. Neither one of them sounds like, oh, I want to just give up my career and move in with my kids when the world is blowing up and I've lost my mind. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> this might not be a good idea. Okay. So what about slow moving, the other slow moving outer planets? Okay. Uh, which is, what am I doing here? There we go. Okay, so now we're up to Pluto. Pluto will likely lend a hand here as he makes his way through the late degrees of Capricorn, where Anonymous has her MC. Okay, so the actual point of the MC. Uh, remember, angles always play strongly in major changes in a client's life direction. With Pluto, you do not get to ask if you want to go into the cauldron. The great tide of humanity picks you up and puts you at the head of the hordes. I used to call this being on the front lines of human history. Anonymous had a drive by look at this kind of experience. So Pluto got really close to her MC in April of 2020. And this would get me to ask her, you know, I would be asking uh, the question, so what was it like when this pandemic first hit? I mean, was this what you signed up for? Do you want to be doing this again? Et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So uh, Pluto takes direct aim at that MC, so the actual first direct hit is 2021, January, July 2021, and wraps up in December of 2021. I suspect if she is still being a caretaker next year, she will gladly lay down that mantle by the end of 2021, right? <laughs> Just like, yeah, I've had enough of this. <laughs> Last but not least is transiting Saturn, who is also traveling through Capricorn, but of course he does it much quicker. Um, Saturn will conjoin her MC for its last time this September with a dramatic station 
on her MC degree. Okay, so it literally, when it stops to um, head back forward, it will be on her MC. The question I would be asking, so were you really happy with your job and can you see yourself doing this for a minimum of seven years? That's the minimum when Saturn makes a direct conjunction to an angle. It's basically saying, are you going to sign up for this reality for another seven years? Yes or no? Because the next major challenge is the square, which is in approximately seven years, right? So if the answer is yes in September, well, then, hey, you just keep going. But if you're thinking, no, I don't want to be doing this for another seven years, then get serious about handing in your resignation, which does not have to take effect immediately, but must have a I am out of here date on it. That would be handed in well before the end of the month of September this year. So that is my bottom line advice. Um, with the 2022 piece that gives her the all of next year to arrange how she's leaving to train up somebody else because this place has been her family. So walking away on a dime is not recommended. Walking away though is a good idea because the folks who live there won't want to necessarily let her go. And, but she'll, you know, to train up somebody and take whatever she needs next year to do that. That would be perfect. Okay, so, um, yeah, I'm looking that 2022 represents the transition into a new place and a new focus for your life direction. But she also asked, so where should I go? Okay, so technically this would be two questions that she's getting answered for free. No, no, I'm teasing. I'm te it's okay, it's okay. Not to worry, Miss Anonymous. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, I noticed that remaining at the apartment building was not suggested, and like I said, a wise choice. Where to live is actually considers, okay, the fourth house, the IC degree, because in both modern and Hellenistic perspective, it is said to describe the conditions near the end of our life. Okay. Mm -hmm. In this chart, we would combine conditions of the third and fourth, because the IC is actually in Cancer, okay, in the third, which brings in that Aquarian moon. Okay, so that description might sound like this. Comfort must include her tribe, her people, like-minded and speaking her language, third house. The fourth house itself, a Leo, which calls up her Pisces, 11th house, this position of the sun suggests good fortune should follow if she stays true to her intuition. The place has to have the right vibe. It will feel like home. Saturn here will want the literal structure of the place to be doable for the long haul. In other words, we're only going to move once. We don't want to move again. <laughs> okay, and that makes sense. This piece brings to mind that if she should choose to live with one of her children, that they would have to be comfortable with the entire journey of her life. The eighth house, which describes her living with one of her children, okay, sounds doable at first. This is a Sagittarius ruled sign with Jupiter and Scorpio in the seventh. 
There is a mutual reception with Mars, though, the great malefic, which is not good. Mars in Pisces. Hmm. Satisfying the Aquarian moon Venus, the her people part, would have to be worked out. In other words, um, she would probably run afoul of that Mars if she's living with her children. Not that that's not doable. You can work through that. But the intersection between the Aquarian moon's need for um, her people, in other words, um, does one of the children have an accommodation that would allow her to have lots of her friend traffic come in and out and not disrupt their family, that type of thing that would have to be worked out um, because she would still need to be connected <coughs> to a large community, right? She can't be just isolated at home with her family. So some of the ideas, if she doesn't move in with her kids, that makes sense to me, co-housing collectives um, or seniors residences that offer levels of care or the condo thing apartment although the condo thing apartment the first thing if she moved into one of those is they'd want to make her <laughs> the president of the condo association which she's trying to just like put that job down so yeah maybe not that one okay with saturn in her fourth whole sign house this is a decision she must choose to make the responsibility for that choice cannot be left up to fate. Okay, her chart doesn't, yeah, it's not saying, yeah, no, Saturn is there. Not all charts have angles that are ruled by Saturn, the planet that requires responsibility, or have angles that are fixed and thus slow to change. Okay, this chart reminds me of how I strayed from talking about current sun signs. So that's it for Anonymous. That was kind of a weird line to end that on, but it's true. Okay, so, and what, do, oh, we have lots of time. You're here, and I think I'm talking faster. Oh, dear me. Okay, so we are going to make a bit of a switch here and do what I was doing prior to doing these freebies which are fun because it actually um, I'm hoping that for the folks that are listening um, they get to see you know in what context and my approach to astrology is of course just that my approach um, and the kinds of questions that I'm comfortable with answering and how I would go about answering them now so question Joanne in the course that you're taking is it similar in terms of how you see yourself using this when you're done? It's mostly in response to relationships. Right. You okay. Know, that's, so, it's your it, so I guess it is similar in some ways because it's like you're looking at the relationships of the people you are with, with the relationship with your work, the yep. relationship with your family, you know. Yeah. It's all... The relationship doesn't necessarily just mean two people. It's your relationship with the world. Yeah. With life. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. so I guess yeah. it's quite similar. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I mean, there are astrologers that just sort of totally focus on, let's say, um, uh, mundane, which is world politics and the condition of the world. 
um, and those that just do electional astrology, which is the timing of starting businesses and getting married. And, and then there's a whole other that mirrors kind of why people go to card readers, and that's horary, where you pose a question. As soon as the, the uh, astrologer understands the question, they hit stop on their clock, astrology clock, and they read the chart that they see. That is maybe, you know, years from now. <laughs> I would be kind of curious to kind of explore that. Um, yeah, because it's apparently can be very excellent for finding things, mm -hmm. right? Like there's literally a way of reading a chart. So it's in, you know, the third bedroom against the far wall. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people do find things with horary wow. questions. Yeah, it's amazing. But anyway. So prior to starting doing these mini readings, I was going through each of the signs. And uh, so obviously this is cancer this month. Yeah. And so I pulled two charts from not so much the headlines, but current that most people know. And unfortunately, the Dalai Lama, which was one of the ones I picked, I had a hell of a time. And part of that is because Tibet is now in China, China renamed all of the cities, towns, villages, whatever. And I was unable to manipulate and find a latitude and longitude that would fit where this guy was born. So I ended up going to one of the better sources of chart data, which is Astro Dienst. Um, so that's Astro, D-I-E-N-S-T. And so I put, a, put one picture of his chart up. Unfortunately, I didn't figure out how to make a PDF of it. So you can't click on it. You can only sort of blow up your screen on my website to see it. But I'm just going to hand this over to Joanne. So he is a Cancer Sun Ascendant. But let's just talk a little mm. bit about cancer. Okay. So cancer is a cardinal water sign. Jupiter is exalted here. And both malefics are not happy to be there. Mm. No, not surprising, really. Sensitive, yeah. Saturn, sensitive, Mars. My husband has that, poor guy. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So cancer Ooh, yeah. as sensitive, and the way I say it is no skin to describe what that sensitivity is like, okay? At the time, this is the time in terms of the tropical zodiac, of course, cancer is the height of summer, um, fun, funded, I can never pronounce it right, but I like that word, F-E-C-U-N-D, how do you pronounce that? She's thinking, I don't even know that word. Okay, it just means you're like ripe, like very ripe, pregnant with the bounty of summer. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Fresh. Fresh, there you go. <laughs> the moon is the reflection of all that this moment in summer promises. The moon is also the vessel that carries and nurtures the ripening. A wellspring of creative force that carries generations forward. With the Dalai Lama, this imagery is literal, as he is an incarnating soul. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
in Prince William's case, and I also have his chart, he is a sun-moon conjunction in Cancer with that oddball MC. Okay. Prince William, a similar legacy carrier, right? But what about the actual individual who has a Cancer circuit? Ascendant in Cancer, you will see a shell that protects a soft interior. But these people are also self-starters. It's a, it's a cardinal sign. And so the way they present themselves because of that shell, um, recognizing that they are have a very soft center, lots of people will not even notice that. You know, a cancer shell can be quite impenetrable unless they learn that, okay, you're safe, I can open up. Um, and, you know, but I know, like, for instance, my husband is, uh, he's not a cancer ascendant. He has Jupiter um, on the, or Jupiter Sagittarius on the ascendant. Um, and when he shuts down to somebody, it's complete, right? Yeah, it's just, yeah, cut and dry. Okay, so with the sun there in Cancer, these are legacy holder people, right? They're pulling through their family, generational, probably even ethnic. Yeah. Okay, with the moon, we have a genuine mother. Um, as long as the moon's not afflicted. Afflicted. I can't say that word. Afflicted. There we go. Um, so in Prince's, Prince William's case, the sun, cancer, moon is found in the eighth house of inheritance and is squared by both the malefics in Libra. In facing death, he must face the kingdom with grace and fairness. Saturn, Mars, in Libra, in the 11th house. He did and was embraced by his people. Yet since he has shared the challenges since then with that him and his brother faced i can imagine his mother's betrayal by his father and his mother's untimely death struck that sensitive soul to the core mm -hmm. yeah that's that you know having both malefics conjunct squaring not fun okay mercury and cancer will be careful with words and equally sensitive to their impact on themselves Venus, a wellspring of creativity, which they may or may not share. Picky with whom they relate, and necessarily so. Mars, of course, is not happy here and will cut to the bone if their sensitivity is challenged. Jupiter is exalted here, so in a day sec chart, supportive cheerleader, you could not find a better one. Truly Santa Claus incarnate. <laughs> That would be my take on it. Okay, Saturn, again, not happy here. Like any of the water signs, Saturn must set boundaries to protect itself. And that would be true with Saturn in Cancer. Okay, so Cancer people, do you have any Cancer folks in your family? Mm -hmm. And who would that be? A daughter-in-law. Ah! <laughs> but she has a Capricorn moon. Ah, so she's a full moon. Yep. And how do you see her protecting herself? Oh, she definitely has a shell. Yeah. But uh, I've been able I've been able to crack it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe no. not crack it, but 
soften it. Okay. okay. So she's a very soft, lovable, kind person. Yes. But yeah. is also very direct. Right. Which is the yeah. Capricorn moon. Yeah. So you're seeing a nice balance there between yes. the Cancer Capricorn. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, I see that combination as what is absolutely necessary to um, foster the growth of humanity, right? Cancer is the nurturing, Saturn is yeah. the structure. You have to have both to get well-rounded, well, healthy she, people. She works in a job that's normally done by a man. Ah. And works very hard at it. Right. And I won't say what it was because uh, it, yeah. could, it could identify her. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. But so she's using both those traits yeah. in that job. Yeah. yeah. Good on her. Good on her. Okay. Um, do I know anybody besides my husband? Kind of trying to think about it. No, I think my husband is it. Now, his is in the eighth house of death-defying things. Yes. <laughs> um, but he found that as a child in his family that he literally hid in a closet to express his creativity, which he has tons of. Um, back as a child, he loved to sing. And so he literally created a shell with the closet, right? I'll go in the closet and sing so that my siblings can't just poke me full of holes. Yeah. But what is surprising to me is um, just how intrepid he is. <laughs> You know, because you, I think of you know physical sensitivity, and I think why why would you build a boat and solo across the Pacific? But obviously, it's just about the emotions, and it isn't about being a gung ho guy, right? You know, so cancer men can still be gung ho, and yet have you know carry the sensitivity. Um, because of his childhood, though, if you asked him, uh, you know, do you regret not having children? He's like, nope, nope. And part of that is he has Mars there. He has Mars in cancer, and I think he is truly afraid that he would, that that would bring out his father's style of parenting, which was brutal. And so he just went, nope, nope, no children. I'm good with that. Uh, yeah, interesting. Okay, so do you have any other comments about cancer? No. 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 Okay, well. Nope. We are down to, she's looking at her watch. We only have 11 minutes. Oh, okay. Well, if you need to depart, I'm okay with that. Yeah, because what I'm going to do now is just where's that moon? So Joanne is... What, how did they? Elvis has left the leaving the building. Yes, Joanne <laughs> is leaving the building, and thank you for coming. Thank you I, for having me. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay, so but we are down to where's that moon today? So Saturn, Saturday, blah, blah, July the eleventh, twenty twenty. The moon is in Aries and will cozy up to Mars today. Rescue mission, war games, the Olympics, these can absorb and use the energy of a moon, Mars in Aries. Alas, bubbles may not be the best outlet. 2.16 p.m. is maximum ignition of this pair. Breathe and channel that irritation into something positive. 
Later in the day, dancing in your bubble as moon sextiles Venus will want to move. And this is around 6.21 p.m. Okay. Uh, Let's see now. Sunday, July the 12th. Uh, Overnight, Mercury, yay, stationed. And regular COVID-19 programming may resume. Our neighbors to the south could sure use a group strategy to bring their responses to this pandemic under control. My hope is those lines of communication can be established. The Aries moon squares off to the Cancer Capricorn axis all day today, shouting for action. Moon square the sun at 4.28 p.m., square Jupiter at 7.24 p.m., and lastly, squaring Pluto at 10.02 p.m. Meanwhile, silently in the background, Sun-Neptune trine, the virus of all types, is spreading. Okay. Monday, Aries moon slides into Taurus at 10.33 a.m., but not before squaring off to Saturn. Reality check with teeth. The remainder of the day is for the talking heads to describe what sort of reality the weekend has brought out. Okay. Taurus moon will be sextiling the Cancer Mercury later at night. Okay. So we should, there should be a lot of rhetoric. It may not all come out on Monday. We might be looking more at the Tuesday news feeds to see what has been made of the weekend. Okay. Tuesday, July the 14th. The Cancer Sun in late degrees of Cancer begins today to oppose the reform reformed, right? Because our Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn, which created this COVID nightmare starting in January or pointed at it, um, have reformed because Saturn has moved back into Capricorn. We are back to now. The future is on hold as we grapple with the present. Saturn opposed Jupiter as this day began. Moon conjoined Uranus, our monthly planetary report on how Mother Gaia is doing, least we forget. And that is at 7.14 a.m. So, folks, you know, this isn't, life isn't just about the pandemic. We still have to figure out how to live on a finite planet. Okay. Wednesday. July the 15th, 2020. Taurus Moon oversees who has the power. She too is now in late degree trine, the Capricorn Trio. While the Sun makes the opposition to Pluto at noon on that Cancer Capricorn axis, what power structures will actually support the people to survive at this point in time? And no, this is not overstating the mess we are in. Late tonight, the shifts into Gemini, okay? Um, Let the analysis begin, and that's the moon shifting into Gemini. Okay, 
July the 16th, 2020. The Gemini moon lets us take a break from yesterday as bubble times, social time is required. Right. You know, every once in a while, we have to sort of pause, step back from the nightmare that is <laughs> the world right now and go, okay, take a deep breath and hang out in your bubble. Okay, so the moon sextiles Mars at 726 p.m., then conjoins Venus at 1140 p.m. Okay, Friday, July the 17th, 2020. Gemini moon square Neptune today at 2.14 p.m. Hmm, writing my show next week is going to be a wee bit entertaining. Glamour is in the air. I would not sign on any dotted lines today. Okay, and what I mean by glamour. Glamour is what you witness when you watch all those Ocean 11s and 12s and 13 movies. That's glamour. When you misdirect and can scam things. Okay, that's one form of glamour. And don't forget that on Friday, the glamour is going to be quite thick. Okay, coming around to Saturday next week, the moon will be in Cancer for my show, conjoining Mercury late in the day, 918. A mental, emotional, self-care day with, if you've got them, creative outlets. Hey, you can do some... um, creative self-care okay so that wraps up my show for today and again i truly thank joanne for coming in although i kind of stumbled with the language (laughs) but that's okay um i'm hoping to have um dolores next week and joanne the week after etc etc but of course it is summer And so people have lives and they, um, yeah, they do. uh, Some of us are going to attempt to have holidays. I myself am heading out on my boat tomorrow because the rain is going to stop, right? (laughs) In the meantime, please remember to keep your dial tuned to 90.1 FM, Powell Rivers Community Radio Station. And that you have been listening to Maureen Reed and Astrology Today. Have a great week and thank you for listening. This is a rebroadcast of my radio show Astrology Today, which aired on CJMP 90.1 FM Powell Rivers Community Radio Station.